and welcome to the Lockdown News. There is growing evidence that people in the Packham household have stopped communicating face-to-face and have moved over to some kind of strange digital world. Rosie and Alfie seem to have adapted well to this new world, although as a result have gone missing for days and only appeared when hungry or out of charge. Grandpa has taken to wine tasting over the internet. Although no one really understands how this works, it mostly seems to involve telling each other they need to unmute or that they have frozen. Although sometimes it appears that they were just sitting very still for a long time thinking about the flavours. Marianne and Roger have regularly been Zooming, although this has led to Zoom tension over who gets to sit closest to the microphone and why they are both shouting at it when it is right in front of them. Neither was available to comment. It has come to our attention that someone has been turning all the toilet rolls around in the bathrooms at Packham HQ. Although no one has admitted it, someone has developed obsessive compulsive disorder during lockdown and decided that the toilet rolls all need to face the wall. Despite scientific advice that proves that toilet paper is easier to dispense facing away from the wall, it is clear that the advice is not being listened to, which is driving some people in the house crazy. Washing up has threatened on more than one occasion to spill out of the sink and over into the wider kitchen, engulfing the region in conflict. At the start of lockdown, a washing up treaty was signed by all members of the household, but it appears that certain members are now reneging on the agreement and want to change the laws to protect free movement of plates of snacks around the house. Negotiators are meeting this week to see if a last minute deal can be struck before the kitchen sink is blocked up completely and no more food can get through. Industrial action in the laundry room has begun as a protest to the way clean laundry has been treated. An independent report stated that there has been shouting and possible abuse of clean clothes when it is found that clean clothes had been thrown back into the wash because, according to witness statements, it was easier than putting it away into drawers. Although the report has not been made public, a lack of action carrying the laundry up the stairs and putting it properly into drawers and wardrobes has led to the resignation of the top laundry servant, leaving the laundry service in disarray. Lives in lockdown. In Genesis 37 to 50, we have the story of Joseph and how God used Joseph's life to save his people from famine and starvation and provide them with a new home and everything they needed. But woven into this story, we find another narrative that has consequences, not just for the sons of Jacob, for for all people everywhere. We know the story in Genesis 37 of how the sons of Jacob hatched a plan to sell their brother into slavery. But did any of them really anticipate the effect that would have on their family, on their father, on their relationships with each other? When Jacob becomes a victim of fake news of Joseph's death, he became inconsolable. 
resigned to spending the rest of his life in mourning. In Genesis 38, we see Judah leaving his family and going off with his friend, the Adulamite. We learn from the text that it is through this friend that Judah meets his Canaanite wife and goes on to father three sons. However, when Judah finds a Jewish wife, Tamar, for his son, it ends in the death of two of those sons. Judah sends Tamar back to her own house with her father for a very long lockdown. In the meantime, things go from bad to worse and Judah's own wife dies. What happens next is the source of much discussion. In Genesis 38, 13, someone tells Tamar where Judah will be and she takes off her mourning clothes to go and confront him. However, Judah mistakes her for a prostitute and ends up paying for sex with her. Though he has to leave his staff, cord and seal as a guarantee because he doesn't have anything to pay her with. When Tamar is found to be pregnant, Judah is enraged and wants her burned alive, a punishment that's reserved for only very few special things in the Bible. However, upon realising that he is the father of her unborn child, he is forced to concede that this is all his fault. Amazingly, Tamar gives birth not to one son, but to two sons, thus giving Judah back the sons that he'd lost. In Genesis 42, we see that Judah is back with his brothers, although none of them seems keen to go up to Egypt to get grain. Eventually, they go and they are recognised by Joseph, setting into motion a set of circumstances that ends up amazingly in the restoration of Jacob's family. All reunited in Goshen in Egypt, with Jacob letting Judah lead the way, an amazing turnaround of events. But let's look in more detail at the three characters in this story, Jacob, Judah and Tamar. There are questions that need answers. Why was favor favouritism such an issue for Jacob? Why did Jacob feel that the only path left for him was to mourn until he died? Why did Judah isolate himself from his family and attach himself so willingly to his pagan friends? Why did Tamar get caught up in all of this? Should she have disguised herself to get out of her mourning responsibilities? Did she plan to seduce Judah all along? Should she have been punished for her crimes? Why were all these lies thrown into lockdown? Only you can decide. There are three sets of questions to help this discussion, one for each character. There are also three short news reports. Choose one of the characters and then watch the news report for that character before wor working through the questions. Then report back to your group. Why was their life in lockdown? We'll see you at the end for our special Lives in Lockdown report. There are some things that we do that until they come into the light can put us into lockdown. We go live now to Dothan and our reporter on the spot. Yes, it was at this spot near Dothan where Judah and his brothers first plotted to kill their brother and then sold him into slavery. 
But if Judah could have seen what effect it would have on his relationship with his father and with his brothers, would he still have gone ahead with the plan? We know that Judah was a leader, but we know that he was angry, jealous of his father's love for Joseph, embittered by the favouritism he saw at home. But in a story so often overshadowed by the Joseph narrative, Judah had such an important part to play. Did Judah really need to leave his family? Why didn't he just fess up and get it all out into the open? How did his own refusal to trust God affect Tamar? And what was he looking for on the road to Timnah? What was really going on in Judah's heart and what was really going on behind the scene? Only you can decide. Using the worksheet in the link, can you figure out what, uh, what was really going on in Judah's life and why Judah's life was in lockdown? And now we go live to our reporter on location on the road to Timnah. Judah was heading for a crossroads in his life and that is where Tamar, his daughter-in-law, was waiting for him at the turn-off for a name. I'm standing here at the point where Tamar sat. It may have been a day just like today when Judah came this way and judging by what happened next, I think it was clear that he did not have in mind the things of God but the things of man. But what of Tamar? How long had she been in enforced mourning, sent back to her father's house by Judah, waiting in her mourning clothes for a promise to be fulfilled that never was? Was she right to disguise herself and come to this spot to confront her father-in-law? Did she know what would happen next? And was it her intention all along to seduce her father-in-law, a crime punishable by death? Why did she risk it all? Using the worksheet in the link, can you figure out why Tamer's life was in lockdown? Only you can decide. of Israel who wrestled with God for years. Was he the victim in this story or did he have a wider role to play? Over to our reporter on the spot in the Valley of Hebron. Yes, it was from this spot near Hebron where Jacob sent Joseph off to see his brothers. Little did he know that it would be the last time for many years that he would see his favourite son. But can Jacob claim innocence in this story, or did he suspect that there were greater forces at play? Why did Jacob honour Joseph above his brothers? Had he not learned the bitter lessons of favouritism that had racked his family for so long? Had he really let go of Rachel and moved on, or was he trapped in the past? Why did he push his sons away, even though he didn't know the truth? Was he right to try and protect Benjamin from this Egyptian prince who held all the cards? Using the worksheet, can you answer the question, why was Jacob's life in lockdown? Only you can decide. This is Roger Packham for Lives in Lockdown. Welcome back to the studio for our Lives in Lockdown Extra. I'm very lucky to have in the studio with me today, my wife, 
who is an expert in lives in lockdownology. And together, we're going to be looking in more detail at the three lives in lockdown. What can we take from this story? Marianne, what, if any, are the common threads between these characters? Um, I think the three characters are all very much stuck in their grief. Okay. So there you've got um, Jacob, who, who is still grieving for his wife, mm -hmm. Rachel, yep. um, and holding on to that at the expense of, of the relationship with all of his sons. Yep. And then you've got um, Judah, who is grieving over the relationship with his father. Yes. And I imagine possibly what they all did to Joseph, that must weigh pretty heavy. Yeah. But but what does he do? He he runs away. Yeah. He leaves it all behind. Um, and then you've got Tamar. So Judah views Tamar as the source of the problem. So he's lost two sons. What do they have in common? They have being married to Tamar in common. And so not only is she grieving, um, literally still for, for both of her husbands waiting, but um, she's also seen as being the source of the problem. She's kind of put out to sea, she's a bit of a victim in all this. Yeah. It's very sad. It is. It amazes me how uh, how both Jacob and Judah, and neither of them seem to be very good at letting go or facing up to the reality. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not how God sees it, right? Yeah, I mean, God has a plan to unlock all of their hearts. You've got Jacob, he's grieving after yeah. the loss of Rachel. Yeah. Um, you've got Judah is grieving the loss of his father and the damage he has done to his relationships. Um, Tamar grieving. Um, she because, has to, right? Yeah, I mean, she's lost two husbands, yeah. but she's been wronged. She's been lied to. She's yeah. been forgotten, yeah. um, left out in the cold. Um, but it's, it's part of God's plan, yeah, that he he's got a plan to save his people through joseph yes but he's also got a bigger plan um for god to bring salvation to all people oh yeah through jesus amen through the bloodline of judah and tamar mm. um through their son perez and all of that had to come out of that lockdown right experience that's right and in matthew 5 4 it says blessed are those who mourn they will be comforted yeah to to be truly comforted they all had to let go of something yes they had to to let it die mm. so they've all got to rely on god right for grace for mercy for deliverance restoration just as we all do but but that all comes through god and their connections with each other right yeah that i mean that was always god's plan and it's still his plan for us today okay. right yeah okay so we know in 1 corinthians 12 paul calls on the church to be one body yeah. in christ um not lots of different parts or pulling away from each other doing their their own thing yeah but working together um in humility in love okay 
So that's um, so reading on from verse 25 there in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Amen. church is our spiritual family. We're made by God for connection to each other. But God works in mysterious ways, sometimes or often beyond our understanding, just as it was beyond Jacob, Tamar and, and Judah's understanding here, that God works through our spiritual relationships. In the body is where we should experience his touch, right? As it says in 1 John 4, 12, it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Yes, I mean, lockdown has affected people in very different ways. Yes, that's true. If you think about our household mm. and without Raf, uh, we're currently five, yeah. so we're quite a full household. Um, we're still going out to work and having contact with hundreds of people, hundreds of people in a day. But for some people, they're indoors most of the day and not seeing anyone not having that human contact yeah really different experiences right absolutely yeah. um and unless we're connected we're not aware of each other's experiences mm. um some people are rejoicing yeah so let us rejoice together yeah some people are in mourning let us mourn together what happens to one part of the body is shared with the whole body. that's really important right and it's like the extremes as well you've got like the the rejoicing at one end the blessing and you've got the mourning at the other it's like the top and the bottom of human emotion but it's kind of like everything in between unless we really share it we're not really going to connect unless we share those deep sort of passions and feelings we're not going to connect absolutely um we're all instruments of God's grace, yeah. right? So if one part suffers, every part suffers. Yeah. Um, if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Yeah. Um, we may be in lockdown for some time to come, but we're not in a spiritual lockdown. That's really important to remember. This isn't a spiritual lockdown. Yeah. God taught Jacob great patience throughout his life and he had to really use that patience at the end of his life though I suspect he still believed God was working God taught Judah to be graceful with himself and with others in the light of God's love and when he was merciful God taught Tamar to walk in faith and when she stepped out God was able to bless her and us all through her children. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Let's pray that God opens our eyes so that we can see how to bless one another. Thank you.